0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And it's good to be here with everyone today. Um, Nice uh, enjoying summer so far, Rick. It's getting... Yeah. I feel like we're the only state that isn't sweltering right now. Yeah, that's true.
1: We're (laughs) we're the ones getting hailed on, though.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we've had a lot of... Good Lord. It's very green here in Colorado. In fact, it's about as green as I can ever remember it. it. Yeah. At least this late in the year um so not complaining um but
1: uh it is yeah my wife and i were on a hike down in the southwest part of the town um area called bear creek canyon and good lord the height of the sunflowers Mm -hmm. and just all the the grasses and
0: everything it's it's got to be double what it normally is at least lots of grasshoppers lots of prairie sunflowers Lots of butterflies. Multi. Very nice. Yeah, it's very cool. So anyway, things are things are good here. Um This week we um, are going to mostly talk about a little impromptu shoot that we ended up doing together just by coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> so was not really, really w- planned that way? No, it, but it worked out. It was fun. Um, and then um, but before we do that, um, we wanted to uh, again thank all of you who are our sponsors through Patreon, um, and remind them that on our blog site, imagedoctorsphoto.com, there's some premium content out there, including a new article that you just published. And uh, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about that article, Rick, because I think it could be of of interest to our listeners. Well, it's just the idea of um, going out
1: and doing travel photography using a kit of small primes, not big, huge, heavy things, not 1.2 apertures and stuff, but little bitty things and some of the benefits to that as I perceive them. And I just use the Quebec trip as an example of it, but it would apply to
0: lots of things. So yeah, and we talked about that trip a while back because that was something Mm -hmm. you took earlier this year, but you went Mm -hmm. with um I I um you were just using a little Fuji X Pro 3, right? yeah it was yeah, awesome so small camera very small set of lenses and teeny little it's lenses. A, it's a different way of shooting but it it can work for you and i and i read your article and of course your photos are wonderful um and there were some good points in there about how to change your approach to shooting with the kit that you have and i think that's that's a really good thing so if you're good. one of our um show patrons you will have access to that article at imagedoctorsphoto.com and we should have some other things coming out this next week so awesome yeah, yeah. great um so on the funny thing happened we decided to get tickets independently we got tickets to this year's uh, colorado renaissance festival which is something that that they do every year but it's been a while since i've been at least and and i
1: think it had been even slightly longer for me i think it was like 2016 or so when my wife yeah. and i last went there
0: so we met up and uh did a little shooting at the renaissance festival which was which was fun and you know this is a very common uh event around the country in lots of different places they typically run from depending on where you are they might run in the winter if you're in a like California or or Arizona or something like that. And they'll run in the summer in places like here in Colorado. But it's, it's fun because, um, well, everyone's in costume, including a lot of the fair goers themselves and everyone kind of wants to be seen. And so people generally (laughs) don't have a problem with you saying, Hey, can I get a photo? And they're like, of course, get my picture. Was this the first time you'd really photographed people at the Renaissance Festival? Yeah, because when I've gone in the past, it was just yeah. kind of like with family, so it was just sure, 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 and maybe take some pictures of the jousting tournament or something.
1: Yeah, like that. but you know, now, I had done it before, and i I thought it was just a blast because of exactly what you just said, and that's true with some other things that we've talked about recently. If you find things where people are deliberately dressing up want to be seen are in kind of an extroverted mood it is a wonderful time to do people photography and it is so easy just to go up to complete strangers and say hey your outfit looks great do you mind if i get a shot of you and they're of like, course not and then they're posing please yeah, yeah. they're happy as clams yeah absolutely. it's just a wonderful environment so, so if you're a little bit hesitant to do that kind of photography and by the way most of the time you're fine doing it People react positively. But if you're a little bit hesitant, look for things like this. Um, and there there could be other things, county fairs, et cetera, in some cases, especially if you see people dressing in kind of special ways. that's That's a sign that they don't mind being seen and probably don't mind being photographed.
0: Yeah, I'd say unlike the traditional fair, this is one where people, you know, there are a whole group of people who are really into – the costuming aspect of, of the uh, Renaissance festivals and they go to great lengths to, to show, I mean, dragon wings and, you know, all kinds of, you know, Yeah, we, and
1: we're not talking about of, the performers. We're talking about the people who buy tickets to go. Right. It's so both. It's, it's, it's both, but I'm
0: just saying it's a large percentage of right. the people there. And some of these costumes are incredibly elaborate. So when we were deciding to go, um, it was, I was thinking about what lenses to bring or what, what stuff to bring. Um, and, uh, it occurred to me that I really wanted to have something a little longer than what I would normally consider bringing. Like the Mm -hmm. first thought that went through my head was, Oh, well, this will be great. And I'll just use the little, um, you know, a little mid range zoom, you know, like a 24 to 70 or something equivalent. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was using the, um, the olympus om1 and one lens i you know the first thing i thought was oh that little 12 to 45 will be kind of nice and then i thought about it a little bit more and said you know what that's not going to be enough the the these kinds of events and i don't mean the jousting tournaments because obviously you want to tell a photo for that but i'm just talking about the the they're so busy and so cluttered that Mm -hmm. getting in tight i think was critical um, for for this particular type of shooting. So I went with the 40 to 150, which is an 80 to 300 equivalent. And the number of photos that I got at the longer focal lengths were kind of astonishing. Yeah, the, the last time that I had gone, I was
1: using a Fuji kit and I used a Fuji kit the other day too, just coincidentally. And what I found the last time was Although I had a mid-range zoom with me, I did everything. I mean, literally everything with a 55 to 200 zoom. So that's 80-ish to 300-ish also, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that was just the sweet spot. And I used pretty much the whole range. Mm -hmm. So this time I ended up, I I took a Fuji X-T5 camera and I took... They're 50 to 142.8. Um, and I'll talk about why I took that one in a second. I took a teleconverter for jousting. And then I also took their 33 millimeter 1.4. So it's just a 50 millimeter equivalent. Mm-hmm. And that worked out great. I never found myself needing something wider. I really did not need a mid-range zoom. Um, I used the 50 equivalent going up to people you know asking permission to get their photos but getting close and and that worked nicely because I could get some subject isolation because like Mm -hmm. you said the backgrounds can be busy yeah and that was my thought process for taking the 2.8 zoom as well Mm -hmm. it's
0: just to clean up the backgrounds a little bit right you know I brought the little 50 millimeter equivalent Mm -hmm. but I never ended up using it I just shot Mm -hmm. with the zoom the whole time but I was looking at some of my favorite photos and they're all the ones where i was getting in tighter um not just because of the subject isolation and the backgrounds blurring out but just Mm -hmm. getting rid of a lot of background entirely Mm -hmm. so my you know my favorite shots were were ones that i was shooting at the equivalent of around 200 millimeters
1: yeah i actually thought seriously about going with a full frame camera for the same reason even more isolation Mm -hmm. a little bit sure but then i was looking at taking a 70 to 200 2 right and and it just it was it was like twice as heavy i didn't want to carry yeah. it well so. i was just
0: using that little 40 to 150 f4 and that thing yeah. doesn't weigh much at That's all it's a gym it's just um you know a solidly built metal construction lens that that does work yes you don't get quite the degree of subject isolation but on the other hand I didn't have too many issues with focus errors. I mean, if I could focus on the face, there was enough depth of field to pretty much make that person's face sharp. Yeah. You know, I didn't have the uh, the issue of, oh, you focused on the wrong eye and not the pictures. I've had that happen, yeah. you know, wh- where you where the camera picks the wrong eye for whatever reason, and you're shooting really shallow depth of field, and it just misses, and you go, dang it, it just missed, right? Because it's hard when everything's moving around like that. You know, one thing we should briefly mention, we'll get back to the
1: more detailed stuff that we were just talking about. Prior, several days prior to when we did this shoot, um, we realized we both had tickets um, and and there was flexibility in terms of what days you could use them. And we both took a look at the forecast. And on Saturday, it was going to be bright and sunny. On Sunday, it was going to be overcast and cooler and we both had the same reaction right sunday yeah because the the light helps so much with outdoor people photography if you get that nice soft light you get nice colors nice expressions because people aren't squinting
0: well and you don't get harsh shadows shadows. yeah i mean it it made such a difference in in shots where i've you know and just looking at them, I can I can tell it's, it's I, I don't know. It, there there are so many subjects and so many photos when you look at them and you say, what is, this? and it doesn't matter if it's a people shot or a nature shot or what macro of an insect, whatever. But if you shot it in kind of diffuse light for whatever reason, because that's what you had, even if it's cloud, I've seen bird photos where it's like raining and it comes out great, right? Mm-hmm. I've even had some of those on my own quality in the 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 way that the rendition comes out with without having harsh shadows is night and day it, yeah you can open up shadows in post but you can never really get rid of them you can make no. things better but there is no substitute for having nature's giant softbox. you know of an yeah, overcast so I, day. I mean a, the sky was not a good thing to photograph out there we tried to avoid that but yeah because um, it was a white sky but But if you were shooting tight, like you were talking about, which is what we both did really wasn't an issue. No, it was, it was wonderful light. And I'm super happy about that. Um, Now, what were some of the things that we ran into? um, You know, we got there early and whatever, but um, you know, I didn't have any issue asking people for photos, although I didn't do it nearly enough. I, I think you did more of that going up to folks specifically, but I did a few of those and Mm um or people would notice that you were photographing them and literally just started posing. That was tend to be more of the performer types. Um and uh And what I think is helpful, at least it works for
1: me, is to view yourself as a performer too. Yeah there you <laughs> when go. you go up. I thought about
0: that. Yeah. And I'll do, do you know, maybe be more prepared I mean? next time. No, I actually thought about um you know, it's just a certain attitude like wearing a sign that said i want to take your photo and here's a qr code and i'll send you an email oh. of the pictures you know like yeah. I, I mean i, I didn't do that quite that
1: far no but i i
0: considered it you know having something you know because there's all kinds of weird themes that people do in the you know they take the time period stuff seriously and whatnot so you know all kinds of, of i think characters. i saw at
1: least at least one person
0: wearing some sort of star trek out there was a whole away team (laughs) wandering around out there so um but yeah um flagrantly violating the prime directive as as we're want to do but i think that was a photo i got in fact yeah Yeah. there you go um but one thing we both sort of stumbled upon um was our shooting settings um Mm -hmm. and and some tweaks that we ended up making um i think we both shoot by default, we kind of just gravitate towards setting the camera to aperture priority and having the shutter speed determined by some kind of automatic setting, you know, auto ISO or whatever, you know, based on focal length, you know, that automatic
1: mm-hmm.
0: option. And for a lot of shooting, that's fine, um, you know, especially things that aren't moving, you know, just street photography types of, you know, architecture, landscape, whatever, you know, just general purpose stuff. But I think we both quickly discovered that we needed to jack up the shutter speed a little bit, because although the exposures were fine, there was just with the tight compositions, you get just enough subject mo- motion to blur things out. Yeah, it was it was funny. You know, we arrived early,
1: and um, which was good, you know, before they opened. And my wife and I were pretty close up by the gate. I think. In retrospect, you guys weren't that far behind us. We just didn't know it. And what was nice is they, there were groups of performers that came out while we were waiting to get in you know, that did brief little snippets of their acts and stuff like that. And they were fun. And they were really close. Close enough, that I was using the 50 millimeter equivalent on them. But I had my camera set up for, like you said, aperture, auto ISO, and just set... You know, so it went with the focal length. So I was getting shutter speeds around 125th of a second or so. And I thought, you know, I'm not sure that's going to be fast enough just to catch catch their facial expressions and little movements, what they were doing. And so I jacked it up to 500th of a second. And I'm really glad I did that because if I when I look at those first few shots that I did at 125th or so, they're just not that sharp. And no. you could easily conclude that the eye um, detection stuff wasn't working quite right. Whatever, that wasn't it. It was working great. The problem was the subject was moving, and it showed up in the photos.
0: Yeah, right. I, I went to 250th of a second for the mm-hmm. same reason. Um, and and you know it, it it's true. It's it's we're we're, we're sometimes still stuck in. Uh, of 35 millimeter film, uh, settings mindset, you know, one over the focal length is enough, you know, but those are all rules that were based on the situation at the time, you know, for, for what you would, you know, not, not only, um, the gear that you had, but also the output and, you know, the size of the final images, Mm -hmm. which were going to be prints and all these various things. Right. And, the thing with digital, no matter what system you use, and no matter what kind of camera stabilization or whatever, these these you know, once you're in the twenty megapixel and up realm, which is pretty much everything, yeah, um, you're suddenly seeing a lot more, you know, things that could be construed as as you know, autofocus errors or whatever stuff that just wouldn't have mattered to you. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, you know? And so erring on the side of, you know what? Yeah, I'm not at base ISO. Who cares? I can shoot at ISO, whatever it was. You know, I'm looking at um, some of my shots and, uh, you know, even um, 250 of the second. You know, at f4 i was getting iso 250 iso 400 so nothing nothing bad that's right yeah. down in there in the in the sweet spot of things like dynamic range if you're worrying about that but sharpness is kind of important <laughs> it's just <laughs> you know it just and 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 it's okay to have a little bit of subject motion so i mean you showed me some of your shots and and i and, and they're and they're um, you know very nice and again we'll post links to our our respective galleries um and sometimes um you want everything sharp sometimes when they're performing a little bit of blur, like in a hand or a, you know, when they're doing something to provide some motion blur can be quite nice. So it's not that you don't want, you know, it's not that everything has to be razor sharp, but you don't want faces to be out of focus or, or not out of focus, but blurred. Yeah. I think that's, that's the key. And, and, you know, by by doing that and getting some subject isolation and using longer focal lengths, we had a really good time. Yeah. So um what else did we conclude? I think the other I I had thing... a turkey leg. I mean, I concluded that I needed to eat <laughs> a big roast turkey leg and yeah. you know have a pint of beer. No, but that it was, was
1: fun. I, I think the other thing that would be worthwhile mentioning, because we both ran into it independently when we were fro- photographing the jousting going on was Oh, yeah. Some subjects don't align themselves with subject detection. You know, so if you've got people on horseback with their eyes obscured, in some cases with helmets and other things, human face and eye detection doesn't work. And if you were to put it on animal eye eye detection, well, you might get a shot of the horse's eyes with the rider blurred out. of Focus. And, and both of us just use the normal tracking functions on our right. camera where you right. can put a spot in, them, in some part of the frame and it'll track the object as it moved. And that worked pretty well. Yeah. You I started with something... as bulletproof, but it worked pretty well.
0: Yeah. And then you got to worry about, you know, all the things that happen with things like block shots and other objects getting you know, when they jousters would, the riders mm-hmm. would pass each other, is the camera going to jump to the other subject potentially and or, or accidentally jump to the background. There's all kinds of things you can run into. And that's true with every system. It's not, it's just, this is not right. unique to any, anything. Um, so if, if your camera has a AF tracking mode, you know, where you you have a traditional focus point, but then you can place it on a subject and it tries to stay on that subject, that's a good option to have. And um, a lot of them have that. You just have to dig it out. Like in Nikon, that's the 3d tracking that they enabled with the Z nine and Z eight. I think Canon has that. Sony has some version of that. Yeah. The Olympus one is, is okay, but it's a, it's a little bit kludgy at times, but it, but it worked. It was, it got the job done. The Um, Fuji
1: has it. It's, I find it's not quite as sticky as the Sony, which is just freakishly good. mm Yeah, I think they worked were really, fine. Really it good. Yeah, fine.
0: I mean, I didn't, I didn't find myself coming home with shots. I was just tossing. I mean, I had a few that no. were out of focus because I focused on the wrong subject or whatever. But most of my shots were were okay, and and I got some good keepers with some good expression. And that's, I think, that's what I learned from this. It's you know being able to catch. When I don't do a lot of people photography, so when you get one where you have good lighting and colorful. Outfits and they have some kind of expression because they're performing or whatever, mm-hmm. and smiling, or or gesture, or whatever. Yeah. That really makes a difference. It does. So we liked it. Anyway, that's all the time we have for this week's show. Again, thanks. Uh, to all of our supporters. Um, and if you want to become a show supporter, just go to imagedoctorsphoto.com. Doing so will unlock our access, your access to our bonus video episodes, which there was one last week, uh, as well as premium blog content, articles, uh, videos, other things like that. And, um, if and you, like uh,
1: we said before, we funnel all the money that we receive that way right back into the podcast.
0: Yep. This is not going into your 401k.
1: (laughs) No, no, this is going right back into the podcast, every single dollar of it.
0: So yes, it helps us with our bandwidth fees. It helps us with a lot of things. So we do appreciate all of you who have sponsored us so far, and we're looking to meet more of you. And we are working on some ideas to uh, um, have some stuff for our sponsors in the not too distant future. All right. Well, until next time, happy shooting.
1: All right. Bye-bye.